Let us pray. Father, today we love you. We praise you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he is the Lord of lords and King of kings. We thank you that you sent him 2,000 years ago for us, Lord, that we might be redeemed. We ask you today, oh, Father, to have your way in this house. Breathe upon every individual, Lord, as we give it unto you and offer it unto you, Lord. We say for your praise and for your glory. We ask you today to touch this nation. We, ask, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray, Father God in heaven, for the nations of the earth, Lord, that they will come, Lord, to you. You are the desire of all nations. We ask you, Father, to have your way. Let, let healing flow. Let miracles happen. We ask you, God, to have your way today. We give you and offer you all the praise, all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Give him a good radical praise today. Amen.
of this morning. He is here. He is here. Whatever sickness is in your body has to go. We're in covenant with the God of the universe. Amen. Nothing is impossible to him. Nothing is impossible to him. Nothing. Oh, thank you, Lord. And we just bless his name. He's the unchanging God. He's the one that you call to. He's there. He's there. He's an ever-present help in that time of need. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
with every word that you said. We declare that over this people this morning. We declare blessing over you. We declare health and healing over you. Every part of your body lines up in the name of the Lord. We command bodies to respond in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The one that provided healing. Oh, you provided your healing, oh Lord. Your healing. Your healing. may be seated. We have something special to do this morning. Um, first, I want to do some announcements. And that song, boy, that was something. I was thinking about how there was no room for him in the end. But yet now, because he yeah. came, he delivered us. We make room for him. We can make room for him mm -hmm. now. Amen. Children's Church Play practice, or Children's Church Play, will be Sunday, this coming Sunday, December 17th. So be here, mom and dads, aunts, uncles, cousins, everybody. Bring yes. them all. Your dogs, cats, bring them. <laughs> uh, the play practice, we need all children to please be at play practice. This will be the final one, Wednesday night, 12, 13. And remember, we'll be doing Bible study and fellowship hall because the right. kids have rule and reign in the big sanctuary for their practice, and I know they're excited. Um, Saturday on the 16th from 11 to 4 p.m., uh, food will be provided on Saturday. This will be our final practice. Please make sure you are here. So they're having another practice on Saturday. Mm -hmm. They're having two more. That's great. You yeah. guys are going to be up for Oscars ready. and Grammys, I'm ready. telling you. All right. All, all children need to be here next Sunday, no later than 945. Mm -hmm. And Wednesday night service, of course, will be in the fellowship hall. And uh, I was running a, a little late this morning. <laughs> Surprise. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I turned the TV on. It was on a minister I'd never heard before. And I was in there trying to get ready. And he said, you know why we're late for church? And I was like, he said, because you're selfish. And I was like, <laughs> I said, I rebuke you. I'm going to turn that channel. <laughs> so he said, you're worried about your hair. I said, well, I'll fix that. I'll put a hat on. And I love my hat. Brother and Sister Hughes, I love my hat, yes. This is a little bit Scottish. It's a, it's a wee bit Scottish, a little English. My daddy loved it too. I'll have to get him one similar. But anyway, so thank God for hats, amen. So he, bring out the bagpipe. And uh, anyway, um, but, uh, you know, I understood his point, well taken. And I thought, well, I guess that was timely. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I know you were probably going, yes, amen. <laughs> but uh, now, in all reality, I did read a lot last night. I did study a lecture for two hours. I did take two tests yesterday. But that's no excuse. That's right. That was my choice. So that's no excuse, right? That's right. 
I can't help it. I'm a night watchman. I sit up in the wee hours and I, and I, I just I watch. I pray, I think. And, oh, one more thing. Will you bring me that? Sweet gift. Karen Wheaton sent us this. And Well, you know I'm going to be selfish with it. But anyway, listen to this. Listen, she sent it to Harvest. This is a candle, which I know I'll burn, especially when I'm praying in those wee hours. And you know praying, you know what for. Harvest Worship Center, thank you for joining us in the mission of awakening. This is a small token of our gratitude for the ways in which you have sown into the ramp this year. I love, I love the ramp, Amen. Karen Wheaton. Yes. We pray the manifestation of Deuteronomy 111 over you and your family. And that goes for all of us because all of you sowed into that. Love your friends at the ramp. Gave a candle yes. and a book which I loaned out, which I needed back. So now I got it back. Watching the road. That's a great, powerful book. If any of you are dealing with the loved one you want to see come back to the Lord, what a powerful book. A little sticker, RP, probably be putting it on my car. <laughs> And I'll be drinking coffee, and it says, what you invest in the lives of other young people, you will reap in your own children. Yes. Claim that Amen. harvest. Thank you, we Lord. We claim that. Amen. So thank you, Tanya. All right. That's right. Amen. Just want to set one thing straight. Um, <laughs> shut up. No, <I'm> just <laughs> Excuse me. I forgot everybody else was here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we had a great time at Laurel Lee's the other night, and I just want to say, women cheat. <laughs> it's the praise and worship team in media that gets together. Oh, my goodness. But men rule. Yeah. Come on, man. Let me hear you. <laughs> the media and the praise team get together every Christmas at Laurel Lee's. It's a great time. We love it. She just goes out of her way to decorate it so pretty it's one of my favorite times of year it really is I love it I wish right I wish right very help well whatever anyway um uh it's it's just I wish right now Christmas would just like pause right now because I feel like it's right. coming down that that turn and I'm like just stay right here because right now I'm really enjoying everything mm -hmm. right I'm right. really enjoying it but I really liked yes. it the women did beat no we did beat no. and, uh, but I'm but I will say yeah they did <laughs> And with less women. But I will say this. Those men are hiding out on us because they can sing. I mean, they can sing. Even Laura Lee's mom was very impressed because it just, see, we need you men. We need you men. We don't want to do it all. We act like we do, but we don't. We really don't. <laughs> so anyway. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing. Ben about knocked her down. Then Laura Lee got nervous. <laughs> so I think I think we need to stop. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, like I say, tie. I may let it go with a tie. All right. Amen. You're going to be blessed this morning, and uh, you know I, I I know Dolly has been preparing herself, and so we want to turn the service over to her and Barry. So let's worship the Lord with them. Did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would 
would save our sons and daughters did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new and the child that you soon deliver you Mary did you know that your baby boy would give sight to the blind man Mary did you know that your baby boy would calm the storm with his hands did you know that your baby walked where angels trod when you kiss the little baby you've kissed the face of God oh Mary did you know the blind will see the deaf dead will live again the lame will leap the dumb will speak the praises of the Lamb oh Mary did you know that your baby boy was Lord of all creation Mary did you your baby boy would one day rule the nations. Did you know that your baby boy was heaven's perfect land? And the sleeping child you hold is the Let's go ahead and have the ushers to come. It was Merle and Barry and not <laughs> Dolly and Barry. Yes, Merle and Barry. I t yes. Hey, guess what? You didn't have to buy a ticket to see that. <laughs> it was no, that good. It was good. <laughs> if very, not very better. Good. If not better. I think it's one of my favorite songs. It's better. For Christmas. Um, so anointed. There are no words. No words. Just Amen. take it in. Take it in. Well, God loves a cheerful giver. So I hope you got your happy face on. So reach in your pocket and get happy and give to the work of the Lord. Amen. Father, we thank you yes, for those Lord. that give in tithes and offerings. We consider this part of worship as much as anything that's been done today. From the beginning to the end, all of this is worship for you, God. Whether it be music, singing, or the written word, or giving, it's all worship to you, Jesus. And we thank you. Amen.
And we do have one more presentation for you before the word comes, so I can't wait for this one. (laughs) 
Praise the Lord. Let's stand on our feet and give God a good praise this morning. Come on. Amen. Come on. Come on. He's the reason. He is the reason. I said he is the reason. Amen. Woo. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Keep standing. <laughs> We've got to get this Scottish army in shape over here. <laughs> Luke chapter 2 this morning, starting with verse number 8. Luke chapter 2, verse number 8. And it is good to see you in God's house. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody say, he is good. Amen. He is good. Can we get these sanctuary lights up some more? You like that? No, okay. I like to see people. Luke chapter 2, verse number 8. And the Bible says, everybody say, the Bible says, amen. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be unto all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. I'm going to read verse 12 again. And you, this shall be a sign unto you. Everybody say a sign. You shall find the babe. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Let us pray. Father, we're so thankful today, God, for your goodness. Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to celebrate Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, uh, today, God, that hearts are excited about you. And we pray and ask you now to come, Lord, into our midst and work only as you can work today. Bind up the brokenhearted. Set at liberty the bruised. Open up the prison of them that are bound. Let the sight of the blind be recovered. Father, we pray that, Lord, that those who have drifted will be brought back near to you. Holy Spirit, we say we desperately need you, your gifts, your touch, your anointing. Speak to us, through us, and for us today. We thank you for all that you do. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated this morning. Amen. Well, hallelujah, we've had a busy week this week. <laughs> Deborah and I were in Tennessee at the beginning of the week. And then we came home and went to Lauren DeJangle concert. Dangled. Yeah, what, I, what did I say? I can't even get my words straight this morning. See, I need to talk to you for a few minutes to get my tongue straightened out. <laughs> but it was a powerful concert. Very, very good. Amen. And... Uh, I'm telling you, it's just, just wonderful, hallelujah. Somebody say good. Good, good, good. Praise the Lord. God is good. 
I want to talk to you in search for treasure. In search for treasure. Everybody say in search for treasure. In the Bible, Christ is called by many names. He's called Wonderful, Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And then when you look throughout the Scripture, you find that he's also called by many other names. He is called the Seed of David. He is called the Desire of all nations. He is the Bright and the Morning Star. He's called the Lily of the Valley, the Rose of Sharon. One writer called him the Lord God Almighty, another the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is called the Son of God when he comes into the new covenant. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And most of all, the angel said, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. But every one of those names that are given are descriptive and of a different aspect of the nature of and the character of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so one of the things that God wants to do is to reveal us something about himself. That's the reason there's so many names that God is called by in the Bible. Every time that somebody was touched by God, had a breakthrough by God, was blessed by God, they usually called him by a name. Amen? So this tells me and reveals to me something, and I learned this from the Scripture, is that one of the things I find out is that he is all I need. That he is my salvation. That he is the creator, the maker of all things. And I was thinking about this yesterday and how that in any moment of our lives in our greatest need, did you know that God can create anything that we need at any time? Amen. He can do it. Somebody say he can do it. He is the keeper of my soul. He is the giver of my joy, the giver of the peace that I have. The Bible says that he gives me everlasting life, and it is the abundant life. He is my provider. He is my comforter. He is my healer, my helper. He's my father. All these names that come through the Scripture. He's my brother. He's my high priest. He is God. He is the binder of the broken in heart. He sets at liberty those that have been bruised. He is the opener of the prison for every person that is held captive by any bondage that exists. And that's a good thing to know that no matter what the bondage is that a person may get into in life, and whatever the devil has done to bring destruction in them is that Jesus, just the mere mention of his name, can snap the chain instantly. Years of bondage can be broken in a split second of time when you call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He sets at liberty the bruised, and I like this because as one man of God said, he said, we are, you know, he was bruised for our iniquities. That bruise means that he bled on the inside. Your inner pain, your inner struggles, your inner turmoil. You may have been raped or abused or you may have been molested. You could have had 10,000 different things happen to you and you hold it in inward on the inside. God Almighty can set you free in one second, in one instant of a time by just simply saying the name Jesus, which incorporates everything that God is, was, and is going to be to us. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. He's called the Lord Almighty. He's called the treasure in the field. And he's also called the pearl. Everybody say the pearl of great price. 
And so when we read Luke chapter 2, there's a lot in that story that we find out, and it gives us insight into this angel's proclamation when she said, and this shall be a sign. Everybody say a sign. Unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. See, the great treasures of life have to be sought for. You have to be willing to search for the treasures of life. They many times can be in plain sight to us, but yet hidden to the eye. Isn't it amazing how that what we need is right in front of us? I mean, think about it. Before we came to Christ, while we were yet sinners, we ran from him because we thought we could satisfy ourselves by all kinds of stuff that we were just chasing after, and it was all found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. You think about the things that are in plain sight that talk to us about God in creation itself. How about in the face of a child when you look at it, his innocence? What about in the stars of heaven when you look up that they so wonderfully danced to this, this morning? How about in the ocean when you go down to the beach and you're watching that ocean go out and come in and go out and come in? What about in a bird song that you hear that bird singing? I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm amazed at the hummingbirds. They kind of squeak. They sound like Artie, my cat, a little bit. They kind of squeak, but they can back up and go forward. I said, that's pretty neat. Love to watch the hummingbirds. And the flower that blooms and comes in the spring. It's so wonderful to watch those things happen, how that they are dormant right now. But we know, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, flowers are going to bloom in the springtime. We wait for those buttercups to come up, don't we? What about the breeze that blows in the wind? What about the rain that falls and you feel on your skin? What about, you know, just in a newborn baby when you first hear it cry? All of those things are signs that point us to God. Somebody say amen. What about the sunset? Because as sure as the sun sets, you know that there's going to be a sunrise. A sunrise. All of these things, all of these names... All of these things speak to us about the vastness and the greatness and the glory of God. Proverbs chapter 25 verse 2 says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is the honor of a king to search it out. You know, the scripture tells us in the book of Revelation that Jesus refers to us as kings and priests unto God. We have a kingly anointing upon our lives. And there's something about having that being made in the likeness and the image of God that causes us to want to seek after him, search after him. You see, even when I was a sinner, I knew that God was an awesome being. I knew that he was almighty. I knew that he held life and death in his hand. But it's like the enemy, the devil, wanted to keep me from that because he wanted to conceal God from me. He wanted me to not see God in the way that God wants me to see him. And so it's important for me to understand today that everything that God is and does is good. Somebody say, it is good. In Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 and 46, these words are spoken. Again, the kingdom of heaven, everybody say the kingdom of heaven, is like unto the treasure in a field, that which when a man hath found, he hideth. And for joy thereof goes and sells all that he has, and goes and sells all that he has, are you listening? And buys the field. And again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant 
a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all the other pearls and went and bought that one. Hmm. You see, what makes the treasure in the field, and the field really speaks of the world in which we're living in because in the world we seek for all kinds of satisfaction. What makes the treasure in the field so priceless that he's talking about here is the discovery of the pearl of one great price or the treasure that's in that field. Because when you find Jesus and you find out what he's all about and that altar call comes and that person is preaching on Jesus or somebody's witnessing to you or you've strayed away and maybe be backslidden and then when you really begin to think about how good that Jesus is and all the good that he's done for you for all of your life, it makes you want to drop everything else and run to him. I've got to have him. Somebody say, I have to have him. You see, it's because that single treasure that Jesus is the answer to everything that we need in life. He's the only one that can satisfy us, to can provide every need that we have in life. He holds the answer to everything, the key to everything that we need. It comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. He secures us. He keeps us. You see, the shepherds in Luke chapter 2 that night were all stricken by that supernatural manifestation of the angelic messengers that appeared to them. And so the keys that the Lord gives here in this scripture are simple and they are plain. Listen to what he says. He tells those shepherds, he says, go to Bethlehem. He tells them where to go. Can I tell you that if you're running from God, run to God. Can I tell you that if you're searching for something that's going to fill the empty void in your life, that chasm that's so deep, come to Jesus. He's the only one that can fill the void. He's the only one that can bring the joy, give the peace, that can make you happy, that can cause you to be satisfied in life. He's the only one that has every answer that you'll ever need. Go to Bethlehem and listen to what he says, and see. Man, I love this because it reveals to me something in the Scripture about vision. When he talks about vision in Proverbs, he says there's no, no open revelation of God, but he's talking about that God will give you eyes to see the things that are unseeable. Because in that moment in time that when we run from God all of our lives, in that moment in an instant when the Holy Spirit comes and pulls back the veil and you actually see your need, you see where you're at, before God and you see how good he is and what Jesus did for you on the cross, you will run to him. Somebody say, you will run to him. You can actually see it. And he says, this, this shall be a sign unto you. Signs are something that point to something. Amen. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. So he's telling them something very specific. See, he, these shepherds understood this message that these angels were telling them. They were, they were temple shepherds. They raised the sheep for the sacrifice of the Day of Atonement. They were there. They wrapped these lambs up when they were born so that they wouldn't get hurt, so that they would be without spot, so that they would be without blemish. So they wrapped them in swaddling clothes. These angels told these shepherds a message that was so clear and plain that they could get it and understand it. 
Can I tell you this morning that the gospel is so plain that God is a good God and that he wants to do you good and that he wants to save you. He wants to deliver you and give you peace that there's no way that we can misunderstand it. Yes, there's a hell, but there's a heaven to gain. I'm not headed to hell, I'm headed to heaven. And I think if anybody's living in this world without Christ, you're living in a hell right now in fear, in doubt. You're striving, you're struggling. But I can tell you when you come to Jesus, you have that moment that everything changes and turns around. Glory to God. These angels gave this message to them. It was so specific. You will find this baby that is born unto you this night, that Savior. See, for 4,000 years, of, for thousands of years of human history, these shepherds had been swaddling these lambs. And when the angel comes to them, and all these thousands of years later and gives to them this message. You know what goes off in their spirit? They say, this angel has just told us that the Messiah is being born and that we're going to get to go see him. And we have to, we have to go now. He says, go and see. Take, take a look for yourself. If you don't know that the Lord is good, I like what the psalmist says, oh, taste of the Lord and see if he's not good. Because you can taste the bottom of that bottle. You can take the last snort of that line. You can do anything you want to, and you'll still be empty at the end of it. But there's something about smelling Jesus and something about taking Jesus and something about drinking that water that you never thirst again. Somebody say amen. He's the only one that can bind you up, swaddle you. And so these shepherds, they got that message. Do you, well, just think, do you think any other babies are born on that night? Yes, but they said only this one. This is the sign. This is what you got to look for. He's going to be born in Bethlehem, and you're going to find that babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. What a message. What a message. My God, if the nations of the earth could just get this message, if they could just hear this message. You see, the treasure map was clear. The stars were shining the light the way for them. And the shepherds followed those angels' instructions. They were searching for Jesus. And the babe would be wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. It would mark the place. Everybody say, X marks the place. So what does this tell you about the Lord? God loves to lead people on treasure hunts. See, when you've labored in prayer and you get your breakthrough, there's no greater pleasure than finding the treasure of your breakthrough. So it is that when you've struggled and you're trying to find the answer in life and you, and you find Jesus, you find that your struggle comes to an end. Somebody say hallelujah. You find peace, peace beyond understanding. See, there can be many things that lead one to search deeply for something. Mm -hmm. I remember some time back that I had, I couldn't find my college ring. And I had I misplaced it. And my God, we were searching for that thing. It wasn't, you know, it was, it was not the cost of it because it was expensive. And, uh, you know, but it was, the, it was the thought behind it because Deborah had bought it for me. And I was not expecting to get it, the, the, the class ring. But we had misplaced, I had misplaced it and I could not find it. And I said, I know I put this thing on the credenza. I know I put it here. And so we prayed. We prayed. We looked. We searched. 
I went to the car. I went upstairs. I went through my jewelry box. I went through all the different things. I looked in her jewelry box. I looked on the dressers. I looked everywhere. And so just on the inside, I said, Holy Spirit, you know where my ring is at. You know where it's at. And I felt like going back to the credenza. And so on the credenza, we had little china bells that you ring. My mama was a bell lover. And on that bell, my ring was slipped over the handle of it. And I said, there it is. Man, you're talking about getting excited when I found that ring. I slipped that thing back on my finger, and I said, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And see, that's what's so powerful about searching for something because I was not going to give up searching for my lost ring. I wasn't going to give up looking for it. Come on now. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You left, your, you left your credit card stuck in the gas pump. You left your pocketbook sitting in the restaurant. Your billfold fell out on the floor. Does anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? You lost that favorite piece of jewelry. I remember one time that Deborah, uh, 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 a piece of jewelry was stolen from her, and we just happened to, it was from her grandmother, and we found, she found it online. It was it. It was it. Found it online. And you know what we did? We bought it. Because it was through an anonymous tip. It was a miracle that we got that piece of jewelry back that her grandmother gave to her. See, I'm telling you, when you get yourself on the scent of the search and you know that there's treasure at the end of you, say, I'm not going to quit until I find it. Can I tell you today, don't stop looking for Jesus until you find him. Don't stop chasing after Jesus until you get him. Come on now. You can't quit serving him once you get him. See, some people want to wade in ankle deep, but I'm telling you, if you're going to find Jesus, dive on in because he's got everything that you need. He is your peace and he is your joy. Hallelujah. Whoa. Dear God, but when, you, when you're looking for something of a great price, you're going to find it. This is Jesus. Somebody say, it's Jesus. See, when something is of value and means something, you're going to search for it with all your heart. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy mind, thy soul, thy body, thy strength. Amen? So I find that most people are searching for something that will satisfy them. Amen? I want you to let that sink in a little bit but many are looking in the wrong places. So we're trying to satisfy our fleshly need when all the time it's a spiritual need that we have. Dissatisfaction is found in the individual who's looking for fulfillment in the wrong relationships. Amen. Oh, if I can just find that right man, if I can find that right woman, I'm going to tell you, if you find that man, if you find that man, if you find that man, that one, if you find him, everything else becomes secondary. And then you find yourself saying, Lord, if I don't ever meet anybody else, I've met you. I don't need anybody else. I don't need anybody else. You know why? Because he'll never let you down. He'll never lie to you. He'll never cheat on you. Come on. He'll never steal from you. He'll never beat you. He'll never abuse you. Come on. See, this is so powerful. Some people look for him in things. They look for him in stuff. They're looking for him many times and on all of those things. But what happens is you end up just with a bunch of clutter. Things that clutter your life. 
And so you're trying to satisfy yourself. You're trying to set well, you know, I finally got that, and I finally got this, and I finally got that, but what you need to get is Jesus. You got to get Jesus. I said, you got to get Jesus. And, I'm, you know, you meet some people, so oh, I've tried that. I said, oh, no, you haven't tried. You tried religion. You didn't try Jesus. You didn't try Jesus. You got some religion, but you did. religion will make you miserable. But when you find Jesus, you find joy. Somebody say amen. People, people strive to be acceptable in culture. They try uh, uh, to find that more prestigious lifestyle or position of power. They strive to get money. They strive for better looks. They strive for all kinds of things. But nonetheless, many people will search most of their lives and spend their fortunes, time, and energy trying to fill that chasm of emptiness on the inside. Think about this. You know this to be true. Many successful people in the world's eyes, millionaires, billionaires, those who possess great wealth have the best things in life often commit suicide. People that are lost about Jesus that may not be millionaires or may not be billionaires also try all kinds of stuff and commit suicide. It's like Deborah and I, we've ministered to lots of people over the years where people have committed suicide, the families. And you ask yourself the question, what brings a person to the point of suicide? It's because they think that there is no hope. They think that their situation is helpless. I can tell you, your situation is not hopeless. And your situation is not helpless. Because we have help in heaven. We have help from the Lord Jesus. We have hope in him. He is the anchor of the soul. Come on now. Amen. And so you find that people that are depressed drown themselves in sensuality, drunkenness, drugs, lifestyles, broken relationships. What they're looking for cannot be found in those things. This is why the parable that Jesus gave about the pearl of great price is so, so important and powerful to us this morning. I'm reminded of Karl Barth, the great theologian. He said this, he says, he said, anyone embarking upon the road of truth will eventually wind up at the feet of the cross, at the foot of the cross. And that's true because there's been renowned atheists that are now Christians that have written tons of books that tell you that Jesus is alive and that God is real. And they had written books before that on atheism why there was no God. But common sense tells you, why are you trying to tell me that there's something you don't believe in to begin with? Somebody say, he's as real as the skin I got on. Amen. But you see, when, you, when you're searching for that treasure, you're just on search. You're trying to find something. That's the reason you're in the relationship, trying to get that job, trying to be in that position, trying to be recognized, trying to have all of this. You're just searching for something. You're searching for something. Your search can end today at the foot of the cross of Christ. While the birth of Jesus is powerful, and I appreciate God sending him into this world, but if he'd have just came and lived and never died on the cross or was risen from the dead, it would have been over for us. But he came as a baby to grow up and to die on the cross, but on the third day rise again. Hallelujah. And because he has risen from the dead, we have life. We have hope. We have joy. We have peace. I have found out also that people that are in struggles, and I don't believe every person that commits suicide goes to hell. Yeah. 
I believe many times that people that commit suicide are under duress and stress and confusion. And they are even believers in Jesus Christ. See, it's a known fact that a human, a male's brain does not even be fully develop until after the age of 26. There's a lot of things that we don't know that God knows. See, God knows your tomorrow like today. He knows what time you're going to get up tomorrow before you even go to sleep tonight. He knows the hairs that are on your head. He tells the number of the stars, and he calls them all by name. Honey, and I want you to know today that he knows your need. He knows exactly what's going on in the side of you. He knows what all the chaos that you experience and that empty void that's on the inside. And he's saying, man, if you just let me in, I'll turn it all around, and I'll bring clarity out of that confusion, and I'll put you on the right path. Isaiah 55 says this. This is God talking. Everybody say, this is God talking. Ho, and that ain't Santa Claus. <laughs> Ho, everyone that thirsts, come to the waters. And he, listen to this. This is what's so great. Let him come that hath no money. Come and come and buy and eat. How can you buy it if you don't have money? Because God says, you give me yourself. Yea, come by wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which satisfies not? Hearken diligently unto me and eat that which is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come to me here and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you even the sure mercies of David. How come David's mercies are sure? Because Jesus came out of him. Christ alone satisfies. Christ alone brings us back at one with God. Christ alone fills the void that's in our hearts. Amen. It's not the prestigious things that the world points out. And men can attain great things, but the greatest of the great will tell you. Without Christ, it has no purpose and no meaning. You got to have Jesus. God said that you will search for me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. Man, it's like that treasure. Man, when you start searching for that treasure, you're going to get in there and you're going to start saying, man, wherever that thing is, I got I to gotta have that. My God, where is it at, Jesus? Lord, I, you know, where is it at? It's in here somewhere. See, we got all this stuff that goes on on the inside of us, the clutter. Everything is trying to cover it up, and we're trying to push it off. We want to be macho and push God away. I can handle it myself. No, you can't. You cannot handle it yourself. You're not big enough to handle it yourself. Can you create a world, my friend? Can you take a human being and create him out of dust and blow the breath of life into him and let him get up and walk around? No, you can't. Only God can fix you. Only God can turn it around. Don't run from him. Run to him. He's the only one that can help you. You search for me when you search. You can find me when you search for me with all your heart. See, when something is of value and means something to you, you're going to search for it with all your heart. 
You'll get rid of whatever else is in the way. Man, I was out in that field and I found a great treasure and I'm going to sell everything I got and buy it. I was, had all kinds of pearls, but I, man, I found one. I found a pearl, a great price. I'm going to sell all my other pearls and I'm going to buy it. Hmm? The apostle Paul in all of his wisdom is studying his abilities, being the man of God that he was, filled with the Holy Ghost. Paul penned these words in Philippians 3 and 10. Oh, that I may know him. Do you know God? Yes, I know God. No, you don't know God. Intimate relationship. Do you know him? Do you know that he wants to do you good? Huh? You know, sometimes he just wants you to sit down and recognize his worth. Just come and sit with him. Amen? See, the Bible said he knows your need before you ever ask it. Matter of fact, one scripture says before you ask, it's on the way. That's a good deal. Somebody say, yes, it is. Listen to Paul again in Philippians 3.14. I press toward the mark. I strain every nerve and muscle with everything that I have that I may Find Christ, know Christ, that I may know him. See, Paul's entire life was a search for the treasure that was in Christ Jesus. He even writes about this. He talks about the treasures that are in Christ Jesus, the riches that are in Christ Jesus. He said, man, when I got on this, when I, when I came into this thing, he knocked me off my high horse. I heard the voice out of heaven. I was stricken blind, but then he gave my sight back to me and he's allowed me to take this gospel all over the world. But he says, I want you to know something. It's cost me, all, it's cost me my life one time. I was left for dead, but he raised me back up. He said, I've been in shipwrecks. I've been in turmoil. I've been, in, I've been with fall, among false brethren. He said, I've been beaten with rods. I've been, had 40 stripes laid up on my back three different times. And I want you to know, I want to know him. Some of us, we could go through just one little trivial thing and we won't even think about God in the midst of it. We won't think about God in the midst of it. Think about this. Paul said, look, he brought me through the shipwreck. He brought me through the beatings. He brought me through the pain and suffering. He brought me out of death itself. I was actually in heaven and saw things that I can't even talk about, but I came back into my body. He touched me because he was not through with me. I want to know him. I want to know him. I want to know him like the next breath that I've got to breathe. I want to know him like the next heartbeat that I've got to have to survive. I want to know him like a blood that pumps through my body. I want to be one with that God. I want to know him. I want to know him. I want to know my next step. I want to know what he's got planned for me in my future besides heaven and besides angels and all of those things. I want to know him. And see, that's what it's all about. He writes again in Philippians 4, 19. Ah, but my God shall supply all my needs. Oh, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. He shall supply all my needs. He shall supply all my needs. I need healing. I need a financial breakthrough. I need a companion. I need a friend. 
I need joy. I need peace. I need righteousness. I need strength. I need hope. I need help. He shall supply all my needs. We think about that only as money, but that's not what Paul's talking about. He says he shall supply all your needs according to his what riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So what is your need? See, need is defined by the Greek as this. He says, what occasion are you in in life? What do you need in your occasion right now? What is your requirement for what you're going through right now? This is what he's talking about. What is necessary for you to make it through the next day or the next hour or maybe the next minute? What's necessary for you? Because Paul says Jesus is going to show up and he's going to supply what you need in the middle of your turmoil, in the middle of your troubles. Mm -hmm. See, Paul's life was a search for the treasure in Christ Jesus. So Paul prays this prayer. In Ephesians chapter number one, listen to what he says. I pray for the Father in heaven to grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that your eyes will be able to see the things that they do not normally see and that your ears would be able to hear the things that they not normally hear and that your heart will perceive the things that are not normally perceived supernatural revelation from God. See, this is why we must never lose our sense of searching for the treasure that's in God. So let's look at our story as we wind up this morning. Shepherds are abiding in the fields. Isn't it amazing that angels are sent to just common shepherds in the fields, the common man this visitation, though, was not ordinary. It was extraordinary. It was miraculous, to say the least. See, the Bible did not, does not say that when the angel came and said, go to Bethlehem and see, that they took their flocks with them. Honey, they dropped everything they had and ran. They ran. See, when God speaks to us, we need to drop everything and run to him. Now, listen. The Bible said they made haste. Now listen carefully. They made haste to go and to see. So they dropped everything, everything, everything and ran toward what they had been fulfilling with symbolism for thousands of years. What do you mean? Talking about those lambs. We're raising lambs to be sacrificed at the Day of Atonement. We're looking for the spotless lamb without blemish. And now, he's here. So what are you in search for today? What are you in search for today? What are you looking for? See, all we need is in Jesus. There's no need in God because he overflows with abundance. Somebody say, yes, he does. So when we see him, we drop everything and we go to him and we chase after him to do what is ever necessary to do to have him. Listen to this. In John chapter 1, verses 34 through 41, John the Baptist is speaking. And I saw and I bear record that this is the Son of God. And again the next day, after John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. And two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. 
Then Jesus turned and saw them following after him because when these disciples heard him say, that's Jesus, the Lamb of God, they immediately turned around and followed after Jesus. So Jesus stops and he turns around and this is what he does. He says, what are you looking for? And they said unto him, Rabbi, which is to be saying interpreted, Master, where do you live at? Because wherever you live at is where we want to go. And he said unto them, well, you come and you see. So they came and they saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour. And one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Now listen. And he first found his own brother Simon and said unto him, we have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. See, that's what happens with us. Because once you find the treasure, you can't be quiet about it. Once you find the pearl, you cannot be quiet about it. Because you're going to go tell somebody else what you found and you want to lead them to find the same pearl that you found and the same treasure that you have. Somebody say amen. Nobody in here this morning can say I've got Christ and say that I have not been enriched. I want to tell you that I have more riches in Christ Jesus than anything else. Somebody say hallelujah. His riches, his blessings, his goodness. You see, he's the treasure in the field. He's the pearl of great price. To the natural eye, there are many things that can catch our sight. The glitter, the power, and the prestige, the glory, the wealth, relationships, all the different things that are in life. It's like when you choose to go on a trip. You think about this. When you choose to go on a trip, you don't choose some insignificant place. Well, I think I'll go to the dump. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be my vacation. I'm going to the dump. We'll see what they're dumping down at the dump. <laughs> I hate the dump. I don't even like to step out in the dump. Because you got to step back in your car. And somebody say, you get that same stink that's in the dump and bring it back into your car. Same with the world. Listen to me. But when you go on vacation, man, you sit down and say, honey, where do you want to go this year? You want to go to Tennessee? You want to go to the beach? You wanna go, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? You want to go to Kentucky? You want to go to the Ark? You want to go somewhere significant? Do you want to go see some historical, historical land sites? I love doing that. What, what do you want to do? You sit down and you plan it out and then you plan your trip and then you head that way. And then while you're on your trip, all of a sudden think about this. All these billboard signs begin to pop up and they say, you can, th th this hotel, that hotel, this restaurant, that's, that restaurant. And then your destination comes up so many miles ahead. And then you finally get about a mile away and it's got this exit sign saying, and one more mile, you're going to reach your destination. Man, you're feeling the excitement about this thing. Somebody say, Amen. Mm-hmm. You say, man, I can't wait. I can't wait to get to that ocean. I can't wait to get the Tennessee mountains. I can't wait, you know, to get to Kentucky, to the ark. I can't wait to get to these little historical land sites. And then before you know it, that sign is there. One mile ahead. But I want you to listen to me. The city of Bethlehem was nothing like that. Listen. We sing that song. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. Right? Do we? We know that song well. One of our greatest Christmas songs. Does anyone remember that song? Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie, the hopes and fears. Yeah, no, she's putting the words. She put the words up. That one verse and that the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee. 
tonight. See, this particular song is a fulfillment of, and what's happening in Luke chapter 2 is a fulfillment of what Micah chapter 5 tells us. Thou Bethlehem in Judah. <laughs> Listen. Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth unto me he that shall rule Israel whose goings forth shall have been from old and from everlasting. See, this little town of Bethlehem, to this little town of Bethlehem, a hungry Moabitess woman came by the name of Ruth seeking bread. She was hungry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like this. She was poor. She was a Gentile. She was a widow, and she was a woman. Somebody say, three strikes, you're out. She had four. Listen, but in this little town of Bethlehem, she found a whole lot more than she was searching for, even had dreamed that was possible for her. Because Ruth, in these fields where these shepherds were, in these same fields was found gleaning in the fields, reaching and taking handfuls on purpose from a man by the name of Boaz, who became her kinsman redeemer, who was a type of Jesus Christ. And this kinsman redeemer married her. And guess what? They had a son and they named him Obed. Who bore a son and named him Jesse. And then a prophet by the name of Samuel was sent to the house of Jesse. Because he said there's a one here, a son that you have that will be the king of Israel. And Jesse begot David, whom Samuel anointed as king. Somebody say amen. amen. See, this little town of Bethlehem, some 1,500 years later, is where you find Joseph and Mary seeking for lodging as they came into the town. And the Bible said, because of the feast that was going on, that there was no room in the inns to be found. So they found a stable. And they took the baby in. No, she took her pregnant self in. And she gave birth to the baby, Jesus. And they so carefully took him, wrapped him in swaddling rags, just like they did the lamb. And the shepherds had already been told, and you shall find the babe wrapped up like you wrapped those lambs. And where was Jesus lying? in a feeding trough, in a manger, in a feeding trough. Mm -hmm. See, so Mary brought forth her firstborn son and laid him in a manger. So he was the bread of life for Ruth as she was searching in those fields. He was the king of kings for Samuel when he was anointing David because Jesus would have to come through the lineage of David. Somebody say hallelujah to God. See, the haven of rest that Joseph and Mary were searching for were there in Jesus, in that stable. See, it was an insignificant little town named Bethlehem, despised by many and overlooked by others, that the prophet Zechariah asked the question, who has despised the day of small beginnings? 
You see, God isn't impressed with size. He's not impressed, you know, with, with the size of things. He's impressed with your heart. Hearts that search for him. Bethlehem, Ruth, David, Mary, that might seem insignificant to us this morning. Perhaps this morning, let me say this to you, perhaps, perhaps as insignificant as that, as that was to maybe some people, maybe you think that you're uns- insignificant this morning to Jesus, but I'm going to tell you, all of this happened for one reason. It is a sign to point you to him. When you read prophecies and you read types and shadows and you read about Jesus and the fulfillment of all these little things, these intricate things that took place, that little Moabitess woman, if she hadn't shown up, would have never met Boaz. Boaz would have never married her. Obed would have never been born. Jesse would have never came on the scene. And David would have never been birthed. Hmm? And Jesus would have never came through that line. Somebody say, God is a rich God. And he loves it when we search things out to find him. (laughs) So maybe your heart is searching today. See, if so, God wants you to know that his eyes are running to and fro in the earth, searching for those whose hearts are looking for him. His eyes are looking for you today. Your heart may be crying out, God, I just need to know you. I need to be touched by you. I need to be forgiven. I need help. Jesus, I want you in my heart, Lord. See, God knows that. He's heard the midnight cries. He's seen the tears. He knows the pain. He knows the suffering. He knows all the circumstances of your life and everything that has deterred you, altered your footsteps, no matter what it's been. But today, he's ordered your footstep to be right here in this house, in this place, to hear this message so that he can touch your life and change it by the power of God. Hmm? Listen. Wow. So what are you going to do with Christ? What are you going to do with Jesus? What are you going to do with this baby? What are you going to do with him today? I want us to stand together. Jennifer, come on up. What are you searching for? Where have you been searching to be satisfied? My little brother died at 26 years old. 1992. And about three years before his death, he met this girl that came from West Virginia. Now, I want you to listen to what I'm going to tell you. She came from West Virginia, and she told him the biggest sob story that ever was. I've been raped. I've been molested. I've been abused. My parents abandoned me. I've had all this stuff to happen to me. And so he called me on the phone and said, will you come down here? And I, was, I just hadn't been here but just a few years. And so we, I said, sure. So I drove down to where Mark was. And uh, he handed me this letter that this girl had written. And I looked at him and I said, do you want me to tell you what the Spirit of God is telling me? I said, this is all lies. This girl is deceiving you. And she's falsely accusing her parents. And the devil wants to use this to try and destroy you. He got mad at me. Didn't want to listen. And so I said, well, Mark, I said, I'm going to tell you, I said, that's exactly what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. I said, you better leave her alone. You better send her up the road. And she had deceived him 
Now get this. They were married. He was a diabetic. She tried to OD him on sugar. She was feeding him all kinds of stuff. She tried to kill him. What really put the destruction in that relationship was not only prayer, but he caught her with another man. And he called me with tears. He said, you were exactly right. Everything that you said came to pass. Everything that you said, because I spoke to her mother and father, and they have never abused her. She's never been raped. She's never been harmed. All these things. She's, you know, she's, she's just doing this and has done this to hurt, to hurt you. See, what I'm telling you is this. I may not be able to convince you this morning that that relationship that you're in is messed up and wrong, but time will tell. Time always tells. But I can promise you this. There is one. I said there is one by the name of Jesus who will never let you down and will never fail you. And it's better to go with him and get married to him than to get in that relationship and be broken and hurt and discouraged and want to die. And on the other hand, if you're in that relationship and you've met someone that's given you broken promises and so forth and you're not married yet, run from it as fast as you can run. I'm, I'm, I feel like that's a prophetic word for somebody this morning. I really do. But the pearl of great price, the pearl of great price, the treasure in the field, Jesus can be found today. Throw aside all the clutter, get rid of all the other stuff, and run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Run to him. Say, Lord, I need you. God, give me a clear mind. Give me a, give me a clear mind. Let my eyes see. Let my ears hear. Let my heart perceive and understand. I'm asking you, Jesus, Lord, to help me today. I want every head to be bowed. If you're here today, if you're here this morning and you're in search, that's a good thing. Because if you're searching, then today you can find Jesus, the pearl of great price. You can find the treasure that's in the field because Jesus loves you. Jesus cares about you. Jesus wants to help you. He wants to bind up the broken heart, set at liberty the bruised, recover the sight of the blind. He wants to embrace you today. He wants to help you. He wants to save. He wants to heal. He wants to deliver. But the devil has come before to kill, steal, and destroy. Today, if you're saying, Lord, I need you. You are the pearl of great price. You are the treasure in the field. I've heard about you. I've heard about you today. Lord, I know your dealings. You are dealing with me. You have dealt with me. There's not a day hardly that goes by that you're not up on my mind. Today, I want you to come. Meet me at this altar today. Meet me at this altar. Come. If you need Jesus, I want you to come. 
If you need a healing, I want you to come. If you need God to just give you strength, I want you to come. If you need peace, if you need comfort, if you whatever it is that you need today, I want you to step out and meet me at this altar right here. Because we're going to nail the coffin on the devil. We're going to send him up the road. We're going to see his power broken, and we're going to see Jesus move today. Amen. Amen. Just come and meet me right here. Come and meet me up here at this altar today. Hallelujah. Don't you carry that weight another day. Don't carry that burden any further. Don't don't carry that inner turmoil. Don't, Don't carry it anymore. But step out and come right now. Come in Jesus' name. Come in Jesus' name. Say, Lord, I need your strength. Oh, how I need thee. Oh, how I need thee. How I need thee. Every hour, every hour I need you, Lord. Just step out. Step out. Don't let the tide of life take you out further than you want to go. Let the presence of God bring you today to Jesus. I I feel him dealing with hearts. I feel him tugging at hearts. See, don't let pride stand in the way. Jesus went to that cross. God, God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, went to that cross. They hung him naked. There was not anything hanging around his middle. He was naked, exposed, shamed before all humanity so that we would not be ashamed to come to him. He bore the shame. Cast aside all pride. Cast aside every weight and sin and come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Step out and meet me here. Step out and meet me. Make that calling and election sure. Say, I need you, Lord. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. Don't leave without him today. If you need a healing touch for your body, if you need that strength from God, I want to pray for you as well. Whatever the need is, I want you to come. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus today, Lord. Lord Jesus, Hey, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. What's she, she need today? this impurity in this blood that's causing this breakout. I said I curse the impurity in this blood that's causing this breakout. And I say be loosed from it right now. Be loosed from it in Jesus' name. Be loosed from it in Jesus' name. Healed! I speak the blood of Jesus. I speak the blood of Jesus into that blood. And I thank you, Father, that this breakout is gone in Jesus' name. We curse its roots, and it will not prosper. It has to go in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I believe it. 
I believe it. I believe it. Amen. Hallelujah. Anybody else have a need today? Want to pray for it before you leave? It's like I say, don't, do, do not carry it back with you. Don't carry the burden out the door. Leave it here. Leave it for the burden bearer. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I never said that's what she does when I throw my fits. She's cleaning up after me. Thank you, honey. I gave her a honey-do list. <laughs> Amen. Don't forget the children's play next Sunday. I know it's going to be really, really good. They've worked very, very hard. I haven't seen it, and I've heard a lot of good things about it, and I know it's going to really be great. Um, Christmas carols, December the 16th, 7.30 to 9. DeHart Park. Man, if you want to sing, you come out and sing with us. That's right. Wear black. We, we're going to bring red scarf. And we're going to dress you up there. And uh, it'll be right at the uh, community college. That's where it's going to be. So anybody wants to sing some Christmas carols, come out and join us. Amen. We're going to have a good time, a really good time. We always do. Amen. And so we want you to come and join us. That is on the 16th at the community college. You'll see us right there standing in front. So join us and sing. Amen? Amen. Well, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May he lift his countenance to you. Be gracious unto you. And may he grant you peace in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed.